to the Y Hockey Periodical Podcast. With me is Matthew Lichtenstadter. I'm Thomas Krulikowski. Sergey Bobrovsky, 10 million, seven years. We officially have a new franchise goalie. For three years. <laughs> For three years. Yes, basically. Well, I don't or know. Maybe we'll have four years. Well, maybe even longer than seven if you're thinking it's a buyout. Uh, well, it is Bobby Bonilla Day. I have to say, okay. it, it is Bobby Bonilla I'm, Day. I'm happy. I'm relieved. You know, all year it's kind of been assumed, especially by me, that Bobrovsky was, was signed, sealed, and delivered. It was just happening. Um, with the season he had, with how many games he sat out, how many road trips he stayed home from, uh, even the good first round uh, wasn't enough to kind of swing it for me. Uh, and I knew it was going to be a big number. I knew that's just how it was going to work out, uh, especially when the Islanders came out of nowhere and uh, seemed to just want to play spoiler. But in the end, you, I went into this contract knowing it was really just to get the three years with Barcroft, just to go for it right now. And uh, you're going to have to buy it out. You're going to use a amnesty buyout after the lockout or whatever, or he's going to go back to Russia at like a certain point, like for the last two years, and you can just suspend the cap hit or whatever. They'll find a way out of it. There's no, there was no comparable goalie on the market that you could trade for that. you That has reached this point since I don't know when the last time we've seen a goalie. The only, the only thing to be mad about is that the Panthers waited this long to do serious things about goaltending. And the fact that they waited so long, they had to do some real serious stuff, like use a 13th round or a 13th overall pick on a goalie and do 10 million a year on a goalie for seven years, you know, because they waited so long. So hopefully now that they addressed it, they'll just keep it going. They'll just keep adding on a goalie every, every year or every other year that um, has potential. And, you know, they just are patient and find the right time to move out of uh, the Bobrovsky contract. They did okay with the Luongo contract. So you're pretty comfortable that they'll be able to do that with Bobrovsky too. And the James Reimer thing, which was also very creative in the way they they figured out that problem. The reason why right, I'll give yeah, that, I'll give them that too. That was that was decent. Uh, I, I didn't think of that. I didn't think it well. The reason why is it because Reimer's contract was structured differently with with bonuses, which would have meant the buyout would have been a lot heavier. And so with Darling, it was structured a lot more quote unquote normally because of who yeah. signed it and when it was signed. So the buyout is less of a cap hit. And also, by the time when you, I mean, it is longer, but the time you get to the last two years, the cap's going to explode anyway, so it's going to be immaterial. It was actually a really creative way to get out of the Reimer contract, and the Hurricanes could get out of Darling, and everybody was happy, and the Panthers got the draft pick out of it. I do want to say I really liked that deal. Uh, there are people out there who don't, but I loved that deal. I thought it was spectacular, um, and, it, and it was a really creative way of getting out from under a bad contract. The other thing Again. I want to say is... It's an alright deal, but it shouldn't have gotten to that, and hopefully it doesn't get to that in the future. This is correct. Now, I have to say, for those of you who want to hear a little inside baseball, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, last night I was at the U.S. Curacao Gold Cup quarterfinal game, and there's time between the two games of the quarterfinals that would be played in Philly, so I spent most of that time chasing down rumors about what was happening with the Panthers while I'm covering a soccer game, which 
it wasn't that bad because the first game was terrible and the U.S. played kind of badly against Curacao anyway. But it was a very entertaining night of chasing down rumors on my Twitter feed while I'm also covering a soccer game and sitting in the press box at Lincoln Financial Field. That was very interesting. Uh, the thing about Bobrovsky that I will say, uh, by the way, no move for the first five years, so he is automatically protected for the expansion draft. You kind of knew that was going to happen already. I think right. he and Yandel are the only guys that have no moves, although Mamby Yandel by that point will be forced to waive it. We will find out. Uh, that's not unexpected. Um, it might mean they lose Montembeau in the expansion draft, but we'll get to that another time. By the way, I should say that Dale Talon said at his press conference today that it looks like Montembeau is going to compete for the backup job. I think unless they sign someone crazy, he's going to win it, which is how it should be. And well, I mean, good. yeah, there is no competition at, unless, unless they, they bring in a new goalie. Yes. And we'll talk about how few contracts they have. So it's 100% realistic and maybe even smart to bring in another goalie Yes. Um, if you're looking at like, who they have. But it yeah. certainly looks like at this point that Montembeau could be the backup, which is what I wanted to say and what we could say. Very nice. Well, you, yeah, you wanted him at least getting the... And, getting the and, shot. And based on the way that goaltending is going in the league, you need somebody who you could trust to play 30 games. And I said earlier on the show this year, Montembeau's earned the trust to play 30 games. He's not a starter, but he's earned the trust to play 30 games, which is what you want. Uh, now for Bobrovsky. It looked like for a while that it might come in at seven digits, which if it came in at seven digits would have been a huge win. And it didn't. But 10 million is not what the worst case scenario was. I thought it could have ended up being higher. And... You knew it was going to be something like this. Everyone knew it was going to be something like this. The Panthers knew it was going to be something like this. And that's fine. And essentially, you're paying the, for a legitimate top-flight goalie who hasn't been all the way better than his peers, but has been very good among his peers. It certainly had a decent year last year, especially in the playoffs. You knew it was going to cost something like this. $10 million is fine. As I said, I feared it was going to be bigger than Carey Price at some point. It was not. That's not a bad thing. So the good news is they got it done. It looked like a fait accompli. It felt like a fait accompli, and it basically became a fait accompli. But they got him in, uh, and now you just hope that he has still the capability of being a Vezda-caliber goalie for 55 games next year and then hopefully in the postseason. That's what you're hoping for. That's what you're signing up for. Looks like that's an opportunity that the Panthers are going to be able to at least get the better of because – looks like Varlamov's going to the Islanders. Who knows where Laner goes? Maybe Carolina. This was the, the option that made the most sense, and they got it Suck, done. Sucks to get him at 10. I mean, 9-5, you know, 9-7-5. I mean, just, just to get it under 10 it would be, like a, be a win. 9-7-5. I really thought, I really, I, I mean, maybe this is naive of me. I, I thought with how little competition there would be for his services, I mean, there's only really other one team that ever could really compete with Bobrovsky, and that was the Islanders. And, I mean, there is no reason Bobrovsky would ever go there, it, you know, just from my perspective. So I thought you could get this a little lower with the tax incentive with all, with, and the limited market, but – I guess not. I guess Lou was able to drive up the price. I'd, I'd want to see what the Islanders, if you know, we'll never find out because of how Lamarillo operates, but to see what, you know, the Islanders did offer him. If they offered him, you know, 11-something. We heard a rumor that, I heard a rumor that, that Panarin was offered uh, more than the Panthers were going to give him and certainly more than he got with the Rangers. And that would put him in McDavid territory. And there is a point in which you say, no, we're not going to do that. Even with a player like Bobrovsky, 
and even with a player like Panarin. And we didn't end up yeah. reaching it, but it's the Islanders who offered those deals. So ten, I, ten is like the ten was my ceiling. Like that, if I was the GM and it was my job, and because let's be honest, Talon was given the order to sign Bobrovsky, kind of like with the Angel. It was get it done, do what it takes, get it done. And you know, at that point, you can, ten is about the end of reason right there he closed the deal and he got it done yeah. and it again last biggest offseason signing since beret in, yeah he's also going to be the highest paid panther since beret oddly enough until barkoff beats it which he will and has the ability time. to impact the team more than any uh prospect uh, you know free agent signing since beret as well it is uh, a big that's deal. 60 minutes a night at whatever he's in the net and when he's on he can He's he also, I saw something shutouts. like he's like he's lost one time in regulation against the Panthers at something like a 940 save percentage or something ridiculous, so I'm glad he's not playing the Panthers anymore, which is obviously nice because you know the Panthers could beat the Blue Jackets the last couple yeah. years. Well, that's just because he was on the – yeah, then – and then, you know, they never beat the Flyers, so. Uh, well, true. True in some ways. So Back then. that's that's Bobrovsky. We all kind of knew it was going to happen. Is the contract great? Yeah. Is no. it is it a little under? Are you a little underwhelmed? Like just you know hearing that it is double digits, you know, and that it, you know it's kind of it's here. Like it, it and you know maybe you were getting hyped up for the for the pair. Uh, I mean, and when I look back on Panarin, and we'll get to him in a second, it it, it looks in hindsight, and it's always twenty twenty that Panarin was never thinking about Florida as seriously because he wanted to be a Ranger. Now, Bobrovsky, you kind of knew he was coming to Florida because there was no other choice. But I look at, I look at the, the cap and be like, I expected something like this. I was expecting maybe even a little bit worse. Maybe that was just my worst fear. Uh, right. If it came in in I'm seven digits, I thought that the Panthers would have really been spectacular in great shape if that happened but it didn't quite happen but 10 is not the worst thing that could have happened to the panthers and as we said they'll find some way to get out of it in three four years time there will be something whether it's a lockout we'll get to that whether it's you know trading him to the senators maybe i mean who knows but bobrovsky is a panther it is you get if you get vesna caliber sergey bobrovsky then that's a team that instantly is better than any Panthers team in recent years because they just have the goaltending. Like, Luongo yeah, had he should be... his moments, but other than that, like, that's... They never had somebody who you could count on, like, okay, if he needs to win us a game, he can win us a game. That's important. Right. He can win you playoff series over the next three seasons, and that's, you and know... that's the window. That's, that's, the, that's window. the window. And that's where so everything now, has to be looked at. So let's get sure. into the other three signings. Uh, well, who do you want to start with? You want to start with Strawman because I think we talked a lot about Day. And- well, I mean, I think we let's let's start with the you know the negative, you know, like Panarin. as in like the absence of the signing. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's go with Panarin. Okay. So Panarin, just just yeah, just to put a bow on the whole. So twin. he signed with the Rangers. It was a, basically what Austin Matthews got, almost identical. I think the cap hit, if uh, if cap friendly is correct, it's 11.642. Matthews is basically identical to that. Now, is Artemi Panarin as good as Austin Matthews or as impactful as Austin Matthews? Not necessarily, but you can understand why, obviously, the Rangers would give him that much money, and apparently he took less than right. what he was offered elsewhere, which the Islanders clearly offered more. As I said, I heard a rumor that it was McDavid-type money that he was being offered, and at that point, I'm like, 
You don't necessarily need somebody at McDavid money, even though he's really, really good. You can't pay him McDavid money. Given what um, Florida was able to top up on with Bobrovsky uh, after I think they found out Panarin was was out of their reach or, or wasn't coming, um, and you know what the final number in the New York range was, I think it's pretty certain that Florida and Talon offered seven years at the Florida rate for what the Rangers offered at at the minimum, if not. I even think what, they may have offered the Islanders as much as 12. I think that they would have gone well, as high as 12, but that's and, about, and, a, and, and at least they offered the tax prorated ver- Florida version of, of New York City 12. Yes. That's that's for certain. So it's, I don't think they got outbid by post-tax dollars. I think this was a city. This was a location. Maybe if, you know, Fort Lauderdale was closer to Miami or maybe if, you know, Fort maybe. Lauderdale it's was just Manhattan. Manhattan. I don't you know, think it is. I think it's just he wanted to be in Manhattan. He wanted to be a ranger. Maybe he could buy Vinny Viola's old condo. He has enough money to do that. Well, I mean, if he didn't mind traveling to the city, he could have been an Islander. Well, I mean, you got you, you have know? to live on if Long he, Island, that's the, and then you have to travel to Brooklyn, and then you got to, you know, rub shoulders with Kyrie Irving. That could get a little bit dicey. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I'm just saying... But I mean, I'm like, it's serious. That, uh, like, you know, it's 45, you know, it's like the same distance from the island to Manhattan as it is from, you know, where the Panthers play to Miami. So, if, you know, if, if it wasn't, if that distance didn't bother him, he would have taken the larger money, you would think. I think if it was just about Manhattan. Play in Manhattan. But I think, and, Manhattan and the Rangers are a better team. I think, you know, that, well, you know, the Rangers, you can argue, have just as much of a chance to win over the course of his seven years as the Panthers. Because you know the Rangers are a team that's going to throw money into it. It seems that Jeff that, that Gordon, their uh, GM, is pretty capable. He, he was a pretty good drafter in Boston, uh, and he's come over and made some pretty slick deals since he's taken over um, in, in New York. They're better and, than the Panthers right now. As we no, but they day. just got an influx of Panarin and Kako, uh, they had two years, Fox. and they had yeah, and they had two years in a row of two first-round draft picks. They have guys now. Are so, they up to that yet? They need to get better up the middle. But I'm just saying, over the course of the seven years, I think you could say that the Rangers probably have as many shots at the Cup yes, than the Panthers. Correct. And I think maybe Panarin's saying, you know, the I Islanders think- don't have that many shots. That's also correct. And Man- Manhattan's better than Miami. I, yeah, That's I think probably he how it he wanted to be in New York. I think that was just the equalizer. Yeah. He just he wanted to be in. And I, and you can't be mad about that. You can't like the Florida is just not at the point where they're going to be able to outgun the New York Rangers for free agents because the New York Rangers, besides the Toronto Maple Leafs, no one else is in the category of the Rangers as getting UFAs this or is- any type of any type of free agents really. So there's a fascinating dynamic with that. I can't be mad. I said last week on the podcast it looked like it was going to be more of the Panthers. It stinks. But, but the reason why I said that is because I thought they were legit going to be a package deal. Well, because – well, and and because – well, yes. But and expanding on that uh, with Coach Q, with, with Dadunov, they just had that context fit. And it's not often that a team like Florida has some of the big context 
you know, in situational fits and intangibles in a situation that, you know, come into play. Like he wanted to be by a beach, check. You know, that crosses off teams. He wanted, you know, a certain amount of money, check. He wanted, you know, a certain type of, you know, demographic on the team, check. You know, they had, we had the Russian speakers and all that. And we just didn't have the last thing, which was... Manhattan. Well, I mean, you, let, let's be fair. They do have Manhattan, just a little older version of I Manhattan. Don't, and I don't think that Panarin... <laughs> right. It's just the relocated Manhattan. It's, it's a relocated version of Manhattan well, that's about 40 minutes north and Queens. of Sunrise. Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually more the Bronx, if I can tell you from experience. Yeah. It's kind of more the Bronx, but that's semantics in this. We're talking about... Fair Delta enough. Maybe I have... If yeah, you didn't know maybe, that. Maybe I have my uh, burrows mixed up. But, um, yeah. uh, well, I also know the history. I'm not an expert of, on that. I also know the history of the Jews in that area and where they went to and what the situation was. Family dynamics play a very big role in that. So it, that's semantics, but you all know that. But anyway, uh, just the last thing, as I said, is you can't be mad because the Panthers, they didn't underbid. They didn't, you know, do it as a cursory thing. They got outbid and outgunned because he wanted to play in Manhattan. And I, yeah. again... At a point, you can't. So you can just. It just it just things you couldn't leverage the Q factor. You couldn't leverage the beach, you know, because it's they a better tried. beach than what the Manhattan Beach. I'll oh, tell you that. Better than Brighton Beach, I'll tell you that yeah. much. You know, um, and it, it. So it's you know it just stings a little bit, but it'll pass. And you know, I will say to follow it up. You know, we don't have to get too much into this, but there's pools GRB out there. Val Nichushkin is going to be a real cheap buy, and this is a guy that Yagers quoted as saying, you know is going to be one of the best in the league at, at some point. It's, I said that. You know, and so there's a lot of guys that I think fit this style of hockey that they want to play, especially looking at the Achari and, and Connolly signings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pools Jarby went on his game, uses is a puck possession, back you up, you know, using his body type winger. Same with Val Nichuskin. And they're guys that are by low, Sell high. You know, sell high type, or you know, or or he's gonna play play on your ice. Uh, you know, give you good on ice contributions mm-hmm. if you don't sell them. So, and I, I see that they're they got their twenty seven year olds. They got their thirties. So it's looking like probably Brower won't be back. Um, Sheehan definitely won't be back. I could see. I could see Brower coming in on a PTO. I could see Brower coming in on something under a mill uh, later in the summer if he's still out there because Q, because, you know, they might need that that fill. Maybe they need somebody to sell tickets. Who knows? But I, you know, I wouldn't be, I'm not saying Brower's definitely out, but I think Sheehan's definitely out. Um, I think bringing in Connolly and Acherry uh, put Colin Sevier on the trade board. If there's any four, they have 10 Fords, you know, plus, plus Malgin, uh, who are really good be, who's, who are really NHL Fords right now. And, you know, Sevier's the only one you could even like realistically see. They're obviously not going to trade Connolly. They just signed him. No, but, and, you know. and, and you, you can't really trade Hoffman at this point. I mean, uh, and they're not trading Petrano yeah. or anything. I think Vitrano right. could be moved at some point, maybe as make weight and a bigger deal, but that's a trade deadline thing. So let's get no, to the no, signing. No, I think, yeah. Let's yeah, get to the signing. Ahead. I want to start with Strawman because we talked about the Panthers. Second best day. one after Bobrovsky. So we yeah, need to talk about sense. them needing D. And Anton Strawman, we mentioned it. If that was a free agent, that was the guy to go after. They didn't go for Tyler Myers, thank God. 
The Canucks screwed that up. They didn't go for Jake Gardner because they didn't need another D like they already had. Anton Strawman is a different kind of D. And he's also a Swede. He's the first Swede on the Panthers in, since Jacob Markstrom, which is, you know, we get our Swede quotient. Um, but, okay, I'll start by saying this. The AAV sucks. It's bad. It is an overpay. It is not, however, as bad of an overpay as you think it is because I look at um, the Hockey Graphs contract projections, which are posted. Just Google it and look it up. It was around $4.5 million for Strawman on a three-year deal. If you give or take 500000 which is a reasonable range for a lot of these projections, that's where I say, that, as I said, the reasonable range is. So they went over by 500000 It is an overpay. Anton Strawman's not what he was. But if he's deployed correctly, and you would assume that Joel Quenville knows how to deploy defensemen correctly, if he's put in a situation to succeed, he is a different kind of defenseman than the big three that the Panthers have, and that is 100% necessary for this team. As I said, I would have liked them to have traded for somebody from Carolina. They couldn't. The, I guess the deals wouldn't have worked out with you know a Calgary or even a Philadelphia. But it is a D that is different than what they have. Now, Joel, now I saw the comment. No, I don't think it was for Quimble. I think it was from Talon. He said he could play with Matheson, which... That, that's what you want. I mean, I'll be, burn off the cuff. The ideal, I think, for now. and Start camp with it. Let's just say, say that. Let's just start camp with it and take it from there. And because... Yeah. He was paired with Hedman when Hedman was going through his little sophomore, you know, like his kind of flounder, floundering issues. Um, and, you know, he's a righty, and they're pretty – Florida's usually been hell-bent with keeping lefties on the left, righties on the right, besides Pissick and Wegar. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be the best play. He can't really help – he can mitigate and kind of cover up Preandle, but you're not getting that added benefit of the experience, having that wily veteran kind of um, add something to another player, make them better. Um, I, you know, Yandel is what he is, his old dog, can't teach new tricks type of situation. And, you know, maybe Wegar slides in there. Point, maybe. Yeah. But I don't. I, I. But as I said, Matheson seems like the reasonable play here, and it will allow Mike Matheson to do the things that he's good at without asking him to do things that he can't do, and that's what we said for D. We wanted it mostly for Ekblad, but for Matheson it helps. And as so I that said, means at this point it's Yandel Ekblad. Which I mean, because Joel Quenville's a real coach, possibly, maybe, possibly not. But I would think you know what it could be. Because I, I would think, I would, you know what I might try? Again, training camp, see what happens. I want to see Ekblad and Uyghur play together. I want to see what happens when they play together. Because we haven't seen that. You know, Yandel, you right. give him essentially a free roll on offense. Say, you do whatever the heck you want. And whoever the sixth D is, plays there. Whether that's, um, whether that's Pesic, I think he's going to get traded. Or somebody else. Like, that would be the best balance of your pairs. We will find out. What happens, as again, as time goes on, I, I think this signing works, again, if he's deployed correctly. Is it an overpay? Yes. Is it one year too long? Maybe. And but... it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a forced overpay because, I mean, I guess Edler, there's really only Edler and uh, Myers' contract that would push it, Myers that you could six. push it up. Myers got six. Gardner's going to get more than that. But as I said, Myers is terrible. Alex Edler wasn't leaving Vancouver. And Jake Gardner is a guy that the Florida Panthers uh, didn't need another one of. So, and it's also three years. So right as the Barkov and Trocek contracts expire, Strawman's off the books. 
That's very important. And as I said, by that point, you should have other D in your system that you trust and you're willing to give a chance to replace him. So I don't dislike this is the a, signing. I think it I is, think... It, 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 again, would I have liked it to be Provorov or somebody younger? Yes, but it is a well, different I don't, kind of D. I don't think that's out of the out of possibility. I mean, obviously, they would have to make some salary cuts and stuff. And, you know, while we talked about Sevier and Pissick being realistic option, that's only 3.9, and then you're maybe just getting Provorov in there. But they still are missing a, a left-handed D that they need to bring in. I don't think they can rely on their left-handed D prospects being ready. Uh, we already know that Mikoshin has either been stagna- stagnating or... Um, yo-yoing and, and kind of not allowed to progress depending on your your angle or your so, uh, you know you perspective about our, but... our prospect rankings uh before um okay. so maybe maybe stillman you know i mean like yeah, but or could but be, that's or, something that you want to play be... out in camp but i mean i whether it's you know a one-year one million dollar contract to a lefty they got to put somebody down the left side because you have matheson ekblad I mean, you have Matheson and Yandel, and then... And then, uh, uh, and then Ian McCaution, but... Ugh. You know, so you got to do a little better than that. Um, I mean, as I said, you're looking at Riley Stillman, you're... you're and it would be... And, you know, if you didn't pay, if you didn't have to overpay Strawman, you know, that million is that backup. But again, yet, but that's like the only other some semi-decent left D that you have that's even remotely close. Unless they sign somebody and they always could. We'll find out. Um, by the way, I should say, because we're recording this as things are happening. The Blackhawks are about to sign Robin Leonard. Interesting. And the Hurricanes are re-signing Mrazek. So it means the Islanders are signing Varlamov, which is what you all figured. But uh, to get back to the Strawman point, I, I mean, as I said, Pessix has to be traded at this point. You can't. I mean, if you're going to play Uyghur, you need to get rid of Pesic, and you could get something for him based on the prices that D have been going for. So we'll see what they can get for him. And then, as I said, maybe it's a camp guy. Maybe it's a, a one-year tryout contract. But as long as they leave a little bit of space at the deadline to go out and get that left-handed defenseman, and then... I don't think somebody. they can wait that long. Well, I, no, I, no. They're going to go out and get somebody, but if they really need to supremely upgrade, they'll have the ability at the trade deadline to do it. Right, yeah, and then that's when you kind of have to balance having Hoffman as your rental or getting a left-handed D. So it depends on who's available, what... The actual price would be yada yada yada. Way too far out to say, but it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I'm okay with Strawman. It is, it is the right. AAV is too much, but the player himself will work. You just have to make sure that it's, you know, you don't have to buy it out. I think that's that's the goal. If you can get this to be two good years of contribution, and then you know you just kind of eat that last year. Sanders. Yeah, or something. You figure out to do what to do with the last year, but you gotta stop having contracts earmarked to buy for buyouts. Uh, the Panthers don't aren't a big city, big money team like Philadelphia is owned by Comcast and and all that that they can just burn through all this money. At some point, if they're going to be spending to the cap and stuff. A lot of it has, and winning Stanley Cups, a lot of it has to be in real players and not dead money. This is correct. So let's move so on to... So they kind of just have to start transitioning that way. 
Yeah, let's move on to signing number three, which maybe we're going to have an argument about Brett Conley. Um, I like this deal a lot. I really do. There's a lot about Brett Connolly that I think is going to work. Firstly, he is basically all offense. He doesn't play defense. And for this Panthers... All body, offense, he just hit, broke 30 points the first year this year. This is All true. offense, by the way. This is true. <laughs> I'm saying it... I'm focusing on this last year, but he also had that potential. He wasn't given quite the assignments he was given this past year in Washington, the year before. He also can play second power play, but I think all but one of his goals were even strength goals. So there's an interesting dynamic that could play here. I think at best he might be a tweener. Like, he probably starts on the third line, but if he plays well, you could put him with Trocheck and it no, might work. No, no, Oh, <laughs> This is the problem. We can't keep doing – he's just broke 30 points for the first time at 27, getting a ton of minutes on a team – on a Washington team that was playing well after a cup victory, but also was underplaying, you know, Burakovsky for reasons and other stuff. So he was getting pushed up the, you know, the minutes artificially and getting power play time. He shouldn't be getting in Florida. So I don't understand why, one, you want to commit four years to this guy, but, you know, you couldn't commit four years to Jared McCann. Um, or, you know, you couldn't live out the Bugstad contract well, or you couldn't Connelly go for Jonas Dunskoy Con- or you couldn't go for Richard Ponick who's better and cheaper or you couldn't and, and shorter term or you couldn't go no, for Ponick you know a lot of term it's the same term okay well there's you know there's you know bottom gonna... six bottom six wingers and fourth line centers are dime a dozen you can find one or two NHL level ones in any month of the year as long as you do your due diligence and do your work. And a part of being a data-driven team like Florida says they are, you know, is the ability to do that due diligence on players and, and to have, you know, a a, a model to, to base it on. And you're hoping that works on Connolly, but, I mean, they just signed two forwards, uh, one, you know, who's never hit 20 points and one who just broke 30 points for the first time. Uh, they're both signed for the through the Stanley Cup window we just talked about at a combined five million dollars. That's potential buyout material, and that's not NHL points. You can say that you know NHL points prospects fine, but you're looking at Connolly. He's only only a shot, and he's you know he's not a guy who gets the who gets shot assists. He's not a guy who drives play. He's a guy who's dependent on his line mates if there's anything florida didn't need in their bottom six it was having their prospects needing to drive a line for the veterans they're done i'm tired of that i'm tired of borgstrom getting yelled at because he can't carry a jamie mcginn type up down the s what you get with brett Connolly. yeah he's a little faster and younger but i mean it's because he didn't have his back surgery yet he's he's going to get there don't worry uh, hopefully it's not during our contract with him, but I'm sure he'll get there. Uh, you know, he doesn't handle the puck well. He doesn't enter the zone well. There's a lot of – he doesn't play defense well. Uh, Achari at least is somewhat good with pre- preventing shots, if you can attribute, you know, preventing shots to, to his play on Boston and not, you know, just the natural Boston system. But – so here's my thing about what I like about Connolly, what I think that could work here, is if you give him a role, and again, we are assuming that Joel Quenville is a perfectly reasonable NHL head coach, 
he knows how to get the best out of a player like that. A guy who may get second power play, I said may, um, can drive, can, he had 24 assists last year. It's not like he didn't have but any. But I don't, I, I know you're going with this, but I don't want to be, I don't need, I, wanna, I don't want to have to sign a guy to four-year contract that to get the most out of him at this cap hit, at this term, you have to create a specialized role for him and really booster him and feed him. Brett Connolly is not worth that attention and focus. It takes it away from prospects. It take, like That's power play time, Tippett, Borgstrom, Malgin, all those guys should oh, be getting. Not a power play guy. He has... Brett Connolly's not a, like fuck what Brett Connolly. I'd rather have Dennis Malgin on the power play. He's he's good at tipping and he's got a hard, low, accurate shot and he's good at zone entries. Uh, that's what Florida has, has an issue outside of their top end guys holding on to the puck, get it gaining possession. Malgin's really good at stripping the puck and skating it down the ice and keeping control of it in the zone. They have just a bunch of guys who can just like bang pucks and shoot and just take a lot of shots. They have a lot of one-dimensional shoot-only players, especially you know in their second and third lines. I, I don't understand it. They need more playmakers, and maybe they're really betting on Hepo Niemi being great this year. But I, I would take somebody who you know maybe is has a higher skill level than Brett Connolly or Noah Kari or however Chari or however Sorry. we're going to pronounce his name. Or, you know, somebody with that's younger and has more potential or, you know, is cheaper or shorter term or something. Give me something more to be excited about than this guy just got broke 30 points. Or, you know, this guy, you know, is really gritty. He played with broken ribs or whatever he did. I don't and, care about that. I you don't know, care about. Right. But that that's the sell. The sell is they played playoff games. The sell is they have good character. Their sell is, you know, blah, blah, blah. If that's the sell, don't sign them to four years. Don't sign them to three years. One, two years. Okay, I'll, I'll stomach it. This but, you know, me. and it's not, and I know, I know I'm probably droning on and on, but it's just, you know, this is a simple mistake that the team constantly makes and they say they're going to stop doing. Like, you know, this is the 10th year of the talent blueprint and we're still going and signing the same type of crap bottom six wingers to the same four-year, three-year contracts that we said we were going to stop when we got good, when we became contenders. Now we're in our contending window doing it. And these guys, you know, this isn't, we're not getting these great players. Okay. We're getting mediocre guys who do this one little tiny thing pretty good, and in 18 months, we won't even want them on the team anymore. Okay. We'll have to deal with them. Are you done? I don't know. Is Florida done? Yeah, well, we'll find out. Um, is Florida done? Stop replacing Derek McKenzie? Like, come on. Well, we just okay. got over this. Let, let's, let me say something about Connolly first and why I think this could work. Riley Sheehan has hit has hit thirty points in like four times the amount of seasons as Brett Connolly. Okay. Just yeah. just for perspective, just for just for perspective for this guy who's really good on the power play and really good on five on five offense. Yeah. Just just for perspective. Okay. You are correct <laughs> about these things. You're not wrong. I'm not saying that you are. I think that why I like this signing is because it gives the Panthers an opportunity to have a player who could, could end up chaining this into something a little bit more. Well, is it necessarily going to happen? No. 
Here's what I'll say about Richard Ponick. He signed for 500k less over the same four-year term for the But Capitals. it's not just him. It's it's that you can it's you'll be able to find a Richard Ponick or a Brett Connolly in August. It's that there's Jonas Donskoy at 3-9. Now, it was it's that drafted you know, him and couldn't sign him. So I don't think that Donskoy was ever a realistic option. It's a whole it's a whole different coach. It's a whole different ball game not now. But I mean like, PM. you know, there's but again, we're not talking about there only being one or two other comparable players. Like, my argument is Brett Connolly is a dime a dozen. The most common NHL players are bottom six wingers and fourth line centers. And those are the two forwards that the Panthers prioritize on day one and sign to term. The two type of players you're not supposed to prioritize and sign to term in free agency. Well, I will say this about Brett Connolly. They, they, basically, they basically are betting on guys that... You can, at best, you can argue they asked Coach Q to watch the playoffs this year and to pick out two bottom six wingers they could sign uh, that he wouldn't mind using for three years. And these are the two names that they could, that were on his list that also had interest in Florida. That's that's probably what happened. I mean, because there's no other reasoning to give these guys term and all this stuff when you can get a the same type of, you know, like they're interchangeable. I like there's more... no reason to believe that Dennis Malgin won't have a, as good of a year as Brett Connolly. Like they like or won't be as valuable in a, in some aspects over three to four years as Brett Connolly. Like, especially surprised. if you give if you give that time to him. And like if we're talking about him going to the second line instead of say Vetrano or Borgstrom or Tippett or any of these guys, that's not only hurting the Panthers' chances of winning a game. That's hurting the development of these prospects. It's hurting their value. I mean, we do this song and dance every year, and every time people tell me, oh, it's way too early to worry about this, or, you know, you're making too big of a deal, but then we have to, you know, then we're wondering why we don't have these guys developed and needed, and we have to overpay the next free agency to get these guys who are, who are ready to, for this role, for this minor supporting role. Um it's because we don't do develop. It's it's a circle. It's a circle, and they don't break it. Flat circle. Anyway, uh, I I I am okay. I like the Connolly signing because of what he could become and the options that it does give the Panthers in ways less favorable out of Chari. Don't understand why this is happening unless but the, unless all the if you're if you're pro. Pro stats and stuff. All the stats are best at best mediocre on Connolly, and he was a why good confused driver. on Achari? He was a good Connolly wasn't. Driver. He just basically he just basically got shots. He just basically played up Washington's lineup, who has good who you know have good control of the play, who play like run the offense. Here, but I, I know. I mean, mean, they did enough. But I mean. He basically he is be, he's a Jamie McGinn type. Jamie McGinn can nah, get fifteen no. Jamie McGinn can he, get fifteen he's better, goals. He's more skilled than Jamie McGinn. He's more skilled than Jamie McGinn. It doesn't result in anything though. It doesn't result in it. he doesn't use it. What he's he's a lot he's I would say he's less intelligent even than a Jamie McGinn. I think Jamie McGinn uses has less skill and does more with it than Brett Connolly, who has more skill and does less with it. As I said, I'm okay with the Connolly signing. I like it and what it could become. I didn't understand Achari. Did, didn't understand Achari, except for one thing. I, if it meant that Shane and Brower are not coming back, then I will give I, him a pass. I, but like again, that's such a low bar that. I know. Like how if if that's the bar, how are we a contender? How are we going to win a playoff round if that's our bar? 
you know? Because, as I'm going to tell you, as a New York Mets and a Jacksonville Jaguars and a Maryland Terrapins fan, you have to go in with no expectations at all times because then you won't but be having your... this is a team that inherently goes into stuff with expectations, and they should because they're in their Stanley Cup window. They have to have... Ex- that's a... That's expectation. I'm saying the, you have Barkov and Huberto for five point nine million dollars for three more years. It is different, Tommy, to say that my expectations, because I'm a jaded sports fan who's gone through a lot of crap, as opposed to what the Panthers think they should be. I'm going to not equate those two things because they're different in many different ways. Um, when it comes to Achari, he's a decent fourth line forward. I don't know why you needed to give him three years. I don't know why you needed to give him that amount of money. Uh, if you trade Colton Sevier, again, maybe somewhat reasonable. If you do that, if you do all these other things, and I have no idea whether the Panthers are going to do that. I Listen, I'm not a fan of that. But if in the end, like, that's what ends up being, fine. I, it's I, I, literally, Nola Chari's literally an older Yuho Lamico. But like, Yuho Lamico is not as good defensively. That, that, I, what are you, I, I I, up, what are you talking about? That, so. But but that's, that's be. <laughs> You're judging his, like, what, 40 games at eight minutes a night over Achari's three years in the NHL defensively? I mean, it's just he played on the team, the Florida Panthers team, that gave up the most goals in franchise history last year, eight, min- eight minutes a night. His relative stats are going to be, be way off the chart. Like, they're just going to be bad. in the A either. But... I mean, he... <laughs> Listen, he's, I'm not defending the Achari signing. He's a player. He's a player that Kekalainen really likes and says is very intelligent and good in the defensive zone, and that you know Talon really likes and says good in the defensive zone. And until they got Riley Sheehan, they you know were everybody was talking up Lamico and how good he was defensively and how much better he made the fourth line. Everybody, fans, team, Goldie, Jameson, like this was the. And then once they got Sheehan, it was oh you know. Then it's just, was, they just I forgot about Lamico. I was souring on him as he was playing more, but yes, I mean, as he was playing more with McGinn on a team that was just going into the toilet and yeah. had no direction. And yeah, I mean, I just I'm not judging him by that. What I saw was progress over the year. A player who's can win faceoffs has the size and the defensive acumen to be a fourth line center uh, in the team that Quinville wants to have. And I can't see him not becoming like a Kruger type or like a, a the, that Saboka type fourth line center. And the, let's to start developing that now because it might only take you know one season, and then season two and three we have a you know under a million dollar top end fourth line center. As I said, I'm not a fan of signing him. There was no real need to. But there's a there's a lot of fans of these two forward signings, so. Well, I I'm okay with Connolly. I like that for from the fan perspective. I mean, well, again, what have I said about Florida Panthers fans? Sometimes we're not, it's it's not the most critical fan base in the world. Sometimes it's more of a community than a hockey. You, you, I know, I know what you say. It, it feels like ah, it feels like a small town, a very <laughs> in, a, a very a small town in a small place where not a lot of people move into because not a lot of people. Oklahoma. Do that. Not, well, what town in Oklahoma are we talking? Anyway, um, I'm not a fan of. I'm I, again, Atari was kind of needless, but as I said, if you're not signing Brower and Shane, please Lord. If you can maybe trade away Sevier because he's now not necessarily needed as much, then it becomes tolerable. It's not great. I'm not a fan of it. But overall, when you look at what could have happened, obviously everyone wanted Panarin, and it's 
unfortunate that it didn't happen because of the New York thing. They got Bobrovsky. They got a defenseman that is different to the defenseman that they have. That's important. And while, whether you like the Connolly signings and, and Atari signings, I'm not defending Atari at all. Um, Connolly, I will give more rope to. It's not the worst offseason. It's not the best offseason. It's not giving Brandon Tanev six years. Can't believe a team actually did that. It's not giving Tyler Myers six million a year. Thankfully, my team didn't do that. You know, it's not the Minnesota Wild saying, well, Matt Zuccarello plays like his tongue's hanging out of his mouth, like he's some sort of Kiss cover band act or something. So, okay. Oh, I like that. I thought that was funny. Well, I always thought of a Kiss cover band, so there you are. It was a good um, metaphor. It was very descriptive. Uh, it was, but that's about the only good thing in construction that um, Paul Fenton has done since he took over as GM of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, in terms of that overall, is not the worst offseason. It's not the best offseason. Obviously, the only real way it could have been the best offseason was Artemi Panarin. And obviously, that didn't happen, and it looks like we look in the background now that it just was not going to happen. I will say, as we look at it now for the Panthers... We Panthers at, really played it up like it was going to happen, though. They, they, well, of course they did, because they sell hope. You sell wins or you sell <laughs> hope, and the Panthers can't sell wins. So... You have now a team that has a real goalie, a team with a two-time Vezda winning goalie. You have a real coach, a coach that does know what he's doing. That makes them better by default. Because last year, they're an 86-point team with historically great offense and historically bad defense. Both of those totals are going to go down this year, as it normally would be. So, are they better than Toronto, Tampa, and Boston, whose free agent periods have been basically window dressing? At this point, no. Are they a playoff team? I can say that are they better on the whole than maybe the Penguins on just a roster perspective? Possibly. <laughs> are they better than the Rangers at this point? Because the Rangers don't have a lot of centers. Are they better than other teams that they're competing with? I would say they're good enough right now to be a playoff team. They a playoff to... bubble team, yeah. Like they're, they're shooting for a wild card spot right now. Unless, and it's... unless somebody else falls off, which is always possible. But I don't think when you look right. at the top three teams, you're like, Again. But there's a lot of competition, even in their own division. I mean, well, Montreal is okay. Montreal's clearly making moves. Can we talk about the Aho offer sheet? I guess we should talk about that. An actual offer sheet happened in our lives. A real I should have I should have made some bet with you. That would have won the lottery. I, I I was convinced an offer sheet was going to happen. If there's any year, it was going to be this one. Uh, the Aho offer sheet is fascinating, but as the Hurricanes have so neatly tweeted, they're going to match it. So that was a lot of fun for two minutes. Um, good for Mark Bergevin for doing it because, well, he needs centers. Although, you know, maybe he doesn't need another guy who's a better version of Jonathan Drouin. Let's be fair. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that we saw one. It is a front-loaded, bonus-laden offer sheet, but Carolina's going to match it. Like, I, you heard what Don Waddell said. It's like, oh, I thought it was going to be higher than that. It's basically the structure that was trying right. to put the Hurricanes off, and they're going to sign it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think right now both teams are just kind of trying to be trying to show off some swagger. You know, like Bergeron saying, well, he wants to come here. He wants to be a hat because he signed the deal, you know, and then you have Waddell basically saying, well, you know, we're going to match it. I thought, it, yeah, it could have been worse. And but at the end of the day, tweeting, like, are we matching this offer sheet? Yes or we? But at the but at the end of the day, Montreal wanted to do one thing. Let teams they have no they were open for business and to do a lot. Let their fan base that they know that they were going to go for it right now and you know stick it to Carolina and force them into making a bad 
decision because they're fighting Carolina for a wild card spot. If they can take a lot of their cash supply out of their stock right now off the top, you know, of free agency, that's going to help them beat them to a playoff spot next year. That's for sure because Montreal is going to have a lot after this gets matched and uh, will have certainly a hunger uh, to, to do something to uh, kind of make up for the disappointment of, you know, this thing getting matched and, is, and, and not happening. It is going to be interesting, of course, for the Hurricanes now that, that Ajo was going to come at 8.454, whatever it is, and it's just a bonus-laden structure. Uh, but, the, but, again, he's going to sign – um, there is no doubt about that. We'll see what else they do to try to, you know, spend less money because of just the way that the salary expenditure and the, and the cap hit works. But good for, good for Montreal for doing it, but I have no idea what they do once it gets matched. I really don't. Like, what do you think they do? Because, like, they're a team that's got a lot of annoying players. I like Max Domi. I like some of the guys they have, but they still don't have a lot of centers. You know, they haven't really dynamically made that roster a lot better you know you've got Keith can side Keith Kincaid geez I mean you've got price but I just I don't know what they're if this doesn't work and I don't think it's going to um what do they do then like who do they trade for because they need a center I think they need somebody and like what, what center is available you know if they don't get Ajo and Carolina as I said I would be 100% shocked if they don't match That's a good question. What center would they get? I, I think at that point you're looking at trades because that's the market right there. I mean, you don't uh, have much else to. They don't have much else that they can do. I mean, unless unless you're thinking of you know just putting all your cap space into another offer, Mitch team. Marner, Mitch Marner. But I mean, like, well, you, or Braden Point. If Sebastian maybe Braden Point's next. On an offer sheet, I, 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 they they thought that Point was going to be too difficult to offer shoot, so they went with Aho instead. If if, I mean, if Ajo's worth what he's worth on an offer sheet, there's no way Mitch Marner is anywhere near close to what he says he's worth, which is hilarious. So congratulations to the Montreal Canadiens for screwing Mitch Marner and Paul Marner, basically, out of that. And the Leafs also cleared the decks, getting rid of uh, Connor Brown and Nikita Zaitsev to the Senators. That was a funny trade. You don't realize how the Senators are basically all Leafs cast-offs? Like, it's but, I mean, it's funny because... Brown. That trade helps Florida. I mean, to to do what the Leafs do, we put everything back to Tomorrow. their home team. Um, yeah, like you know, getting Cody Cece is great for Florida. Yes, because he's terrible. You know, they not only got Cody Cece, they got uh, Harper, who's also pretty bad. Bad. I mean, the a lot. Well, here's the thing that I worry about with Toronto. And with Boston, I worry about this less because they've found guys like Marcus Johansson and turned them into something, and, you know, Noel Achari and turned them into something. Uh, the Leafs, they spent, I mean, like, they signed Nick Shore, what's left of Jason Spezza, Kenny Agostino, Kevin Gravel. It's bargain shopping, obviously. And while those players could work, and I trust Kyle Dubas, that's a lot. And, I mean, Travis Dermott's going to miss the start of the season. Other than Riley and Muzzin, you need one of your, like, Liljegrins and Sandines to really step up. And you also have to hope and pray that Mike Babcock trusts them as opposed to trusting Cody Cece, who you know he's going to love. And Toronto fans are going to hate. So I'm really interested to see the Cody Cece thing. Also, they don't have a backup goalie, and they need a backup goalie because they burnt. Oh, uh, Curtis McElhinney. 
No, they didn't sign McElhaney. The Lightning did. Yes, they did. No, did they? No, it's the Lightning. Uh, they have the same pretty much logo, you know, the color scheme. It's, yeah. it's hard to tell. Um, um, but that's that, that's my thing with the Leafs. It's like they just need the depth to really play well. And I think some of those guys can play well, you know, i.e. like Tyler Ennis types. Oh, um, they have Michael Hutchinson, if that's yes. anything to you. Uh, it's not anything to me. Um, I Like, again, they would need somebody like Sandin and Liljegren. They have prospects that can work. And Sandin they, at least you know has put up ridiculous numbers in the AHL. But the, but you know the as a rookie, I have to is think. Like, does Mike Babcock trust him? Does Dave Hackstall trust him? By the way, isn't that hilarious? The the, the, the Leafs' new assistant coaches, Florida Panthers washout and Flyers washout, isn't that great? Yeah, I, as much credit as Dubit Dubis gets for being you know smart and you know almost infallible. There's a lot of things that I kind of shake my head at, and you know this this Zaitsev trade is is one of them. Well, the Zaitsev contract was one of that them. Was a cap the... Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's still putting Cody Ceci out on the ice for a full season oh, in a God. season where they, you know, in a season that could be the make or break season for Mike Babcock. You're putting Cody Ceci out on the ice willingly. Well, I mean, maybe. Oh, I'm gonna give you some tinfoil hat conspiracy theory here. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? He's trying to sub sabotage. He's trying uh, to sabotage Mike Babcock uh, with Cody Ceci, who he knows he's gonna love. So, our, so that he can get friend, Sheldon Keefe. It's good friend Sheldon Keefe becomes head coach. Yes, tin foil hats away. I mean, you know, I'm all for that. Oh, so. I love that. That's so, so funny. It's a matter of whether for the Leafs, it's can these like lower down the lineup guys, whether it's, as I said, it's Spetzer, Shore, Nikolev, or whoever. If I mean, Spezza and Shore are great contracts. You're not, oh, no one other team could sign Spezza at that contract. No. Obviously, the Panthers couldn't sign Shore at that contract because they pretty much stunted his career, so he's not coming back to Florida. Well, that was Devin um, Shore. That was a different – oh, wait, no. Actually, that was Nick Shore. You're correct. I'm sorry. I'm getting them mixed up. Wait, no, no. Drew Shore. Drew, Drew Shore. Shore. We got them all wrong. I'm sorry, Drew Shore, if you're listening to this show. Well, Nick um, Shore is still good, and any Shore, any Shore would have the same feelings – because Drew Shore is just that awesome. Yeah, um, but I mean, like that's what the Leafs have done, and they're gonna have depth issues. That's that's my concern with them. The Bruins, I mean, they they signed Par Lindholm, again, flyer. They signed uh, Brett Ritchie, flyer. You know, they've uh. signed guys who could be flyers and just work in the bottom six. Fine. The Lightning only signed Luke Shen. I mean, he's bad. It's it's different taking flyers and signing those guys when you have a system and a culture that's working and you've done it before. So like Boston were talking about how they've, you know, been able to just kind of replicate Gregory Campbell and Daniel Pae over and over again. Um, and they turned out you know, a cottage industry of them. And then they just let him go into free agency and let other teams, you know, take them. And, and besides, you know, Matt Bolesky, they don't really sign those guys themselves. And I think, you know, that's something Florida should should look into because it's the teams that constantly compete in the playoffs that do that. Yeah, that, the Lightning you know, is to a lesser extent, but not as much. You know, if if they wanna if they wanna kinda overpay, quote unquote, for those types of guys, do you know how they do it? They do it at trade deadline on expiring deals. Yes. So at least if they're overpaying, it's not something that's gonna screw with their roster construction down the line. Uh, for some guy who's just a te- just, you know, he fits into your bottom six now, but bottom six has changed so much 
uh, because that's you know that's where all the action is. That's where you know line changes happen the most. That's where guys come in and out of the roster more often. That's where you know most of the NHL players who are on an NHL contract or you know a two-way contract, their position would be a bottom six winger or a bottom six forward. Um, so you are correct. Uh... It's something to something to think about but i don't as i said like can the panthers be better than these teams maybe we don't know yet i, I yeah it's, I need it's to... just how quickly and how quickly does q get his system involved and how quickly do these and and not how quickly but do these signings match actually match that system because Other than it's one, which is it's one thing for like you know to when she was in Chicago to sign free agents and match that because it was already like I was saying with Boston it's an up and running. When you're bringing in a new coach to a new team and you're signing in free agents to kind of fit that system, you know you're kind of betting on the system being there and the players being a fit for that system and the existing players that were already there, not the guys you're bringing. In the, in the system to not only fit those free agent signings, but also to fit that system. There's just a lot going on. So, you know, I, I think for me, it would have been better to just go bargaining bin shopping for the Panthers with bottom six guys until you got that system up and running till you saw what was working in the bottom six with Quinville and, and how, you know, that everything happened. I, I just thought it's something odd to prioritize but maybe it was something that quinville was vocal about prioritizing and that would be something that i would excuse and, and wouldn't hold too much but at the I, end of the day it's bottom six forwards so it's not make or break just I, a bow on it yes that's i mean fine it is it is reasonable everything that you would expect we can I just talk a lot. you do talk a lot in some ways yes um let's Let's focus on now some other signings and some other things that happened around the National Hockey League of the Arts. How about, I mean, I want to go more into that. Oh, the Senators. They're just going to have a bunch of Leafs washouts. Now, they do have a billion draft picks, and, I mean, they're going to get a lot for J.G. Pajot and Connor Brown and Anthony Duclair, and somebody's going to want Ron Hainsey at the trade deadline, and so they're going to make some, some draft pick capital out of that, but they're going to be bad because, hey, maybe D.J. Smith won all of his old Leaf guys. Uh, so that's going to be really funny. There's going to be just as many Leafs on the ice for the Ottawa Senators as there will be Leafs fans in the stands, which is to say basically everybody. So congratulations to the Senators. At least you made the cap floor. Um, let's focus now on uh, a couple other things that we saw. The Blackhawks decided to trade for Andrew Saw. I mean, like, apparently if you've played for the Blackhawks, you now have to come back and play for the Blackhawks again. Doesn't make any sense. It, uh, the Flyers also have that rule. Yeah, so. I know. Jimmy Vesey was traded by the Rangers to the Sabres. The Sabres have acquired Colin Miller, Jimmy Vesey, just guys who, I guess, can't be quite as bad as the guys who were there before. But... Would you have taken Colin Miller at that that rate um, I mean, he's... instead I of Strawman? Because that's what it would have been, right? Because it, he's a right-handed D, um, and he's that, he's that second, Strauman's third pair right-handed D. Of, of doing better things. But Miller would have been fine. I wouldn't have had an issue with it, and it wouldn't have cost them anything, and it would have been I think, less of a cap. But the contract's longer, and that's the other thing. I think Miller's individual performance may have been better, but especially over the life of the deal. But I think Strawman maybe influences the, you know, Matheson more, and I think you know, if that's any angle to hey, why are we paying? 
you know, 5.5 for three years for Strawman. It's to get Matheson on board because, you know, that overpayment, if you get Matheson back to what he, what he's capable of, his contract's a bargain. Yes, and then that, and then that extra million you put on the Matheson's contract, and then Matheson's contract's fair and not a bargain anymore, and you know Strawman's is also fair and it's fine. So that's that's that's, that's, that's the big swing. It. That's the big swing, and like you know, if you're looking at who was in our UFAs, there's there wasn't anybody else who had that kind of swing potential, that home run potential, and at least you know with Bobrovsky and Strawman, if if they're overpaying, if they're setting themselves out for retaining salary or a buyout or, or a salary dump type of trade later down the line, they're guys that I think fit style, fit need, and, and uh, help you win mm-hmm. and, and help improve more people on the team, help both, you know, rising tide lifts all ships where, you know, the, the other two signings are trade deadline type acquisitions signed to term, which mm. can go well if it fits Q's system, could be retained salary or buyouts or, you know, mm. headaches down the line, or just could be somewhere in between. Who knows? Uh, yeah. and, I, I would tend to think it's somewhere in the middle of the, you could have gotten them at the trade deadline and or, hey, Quenville wanted one a guy like this, let me give him one, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. A couple of other moves uh, we should talk about. Uh, Joe Pavelski is going to look really weird playing for the Dallas Stars. So to Great signing, Perry, though. Um, to with Corey Perry. I mean, like, the Stars Pavelski. obviously need more goals. They didn't have enough of them, and they've got the defensive system for Jim Montgomery. That's a sneaky team next year. And Alex. Pavelski just pretty much takes Spezza's cap hit. So comparing what they were getting out of Spezza last year oh, to yeah. getting – you know, even if, you know, Pavelski's maybe not, you know, tickling 40 goals next year like he was this year, but – He's, he's definitely going to be in the high 20s, uh, now, possibly now there low 30s. there is a potential that we're going to see Andre Sequeira and Roman Polak playing on the same defensive pair. That, that's got some comedy potential. What is this, potential. 2009? Yes, that's got some comedy potential. I really do like that. But um, would, you have be... taken, would you have taken Sequeira in Florida? Because I, mean, I heard that, I heard that was in, when, once there was a buyout. Yeah, and you know the same tax advantages, so it would probably be sim similar. Yeah, I mean, like it would have been a flyer, but he's not good. So I mean, like maybe, but I mean, Strawman's is more of a sure thing because you don't want to ask too much of somebody like Sakara in that way. That's that's going to be that's got some comedy potential. Um, other signings, I mean, we joked about it earlier. Um, Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman, who was a flyer for what, like three minutes to the Minnesota Wild. Hartman, Hartman at what was it, three eight or something? He's um, at one nine, one nine, three eight over two years. Yeah, three eight for two years over, um, you know, Connolly. That's probably a move I would have made. I don't like but, Hartman. But I, I mean, but th- see, that's the thing. That's what Brett Connolly is. Brett Connolly is this dime a dozen type player where he people really like him just because he's a good guy or because of this or that. But when he comes to, like his own ice performance, he's take it or leave it because there's just so many guys like him. And there's you can always just get a guy like that, whether it's on waivers, whether it's in a trade, any time of the day. You know, like Ryan Hartman was pretty easy to get how many times? I mean, the, the Flyers traded him for Tyler Pitlick. Right, who's a exactly. Who's never heard and of before. Tyler Pitlick, who has about the same value as Noel Achari. You know, like, it's these guys are just very easy to flip oh, and yeah. get. Oh, I, I, and, like, this is just something I expected them to do down the line and not put term behind it but you know if if, uh, if it's a q guy 
Uh, I'll 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 just wait to see Martin Hablet as a PTO later in the summer, oh, and then I'll then God. I'll start complaining. Did we already do that once with that? Okay. Oh, I think we've done it twice. Oh, we might have done that twice. Um, other interesting moves: Gus Nyquist. Hi, I'm the. Uh, I lost Artemi Panarin, so I'm signed Gus Nyquist in in Columbus. I don't know where they are as a team at this moment in time. Um, yes, definitely in flux. They are in a weird spot. I don't know what they are. I mean, their goaltending next year could be an absolute train wreck with Merzclins and, and Corpusalo. Like, that could be a complete disaster. Or it might work. Um, but the good news is for Yarmo is because they didn't sign Matt Duchesne. They got their first-round pick back. So, that's good. Yeah, if, if, I, if I'm doing a little, like, um, you know, armchair assessment of – columbus i think you know what they're doing they just lost their president and their kind of their blueprint architect type guy john davidson they replaced him with um you know some internal guys or whatever and i think you know kekalainen after the the big swing he made and and losing a lot of guys through free agency and not having a lot of draft picks he's kind of on his way out so there there's they're kind of evaluating what they're going to do with Kekalainen, Tortorella, whether the goalies they have in-house is going to be fine, whether Pierre-Luc Dubois is actually a good enough center yep. um, without Panarin. Because, you know, Panarin's pretty rare as a winger for how much play he drives and how much he holds the puck um, in all three zones and how much he gets the puck back, et cetera, et cetera, and how much he's distributing the puck. It, it's less common for wingers, and that's usually a center's responsibility. So if, you know, Dubois can do it without Panarin and with, you know, technically a less talented forward group, that, that's good. That's something they can bank on. If Corbisalo or, or Elvis, uh, I'm not going to try that last name. It's Latin. Um, <laughs> that does not help me. Um, I bet it doesn't. If, you know, if one of them kind of gets hot or, or shows they can at least be, you know, a 9-10 stopgap goalie for the rest of the year, they can at least be a spoiler, I think, in the East I, and they're, not they're be embarrassing. Not a, they're not a playoff team, though. They, they're not no. a playoff team. No, I think they would ha need, like, an Ottawa Senators-type run to, to get in, and I think that would also mean that they would need – you know, like Seth Jones or Zach Wierenski to just go off. And yeah. uh, they would also need a goalie to go off kind of in the way that Craig Anderson would. So, or Andrew it, it, Right, it, it's possible and everything, but, you know, the we'll see. Yeah, the New Jersey Devils can't get free agents to sign there, but Wayne Simmons signed there for one year at five mil. That's funny. I would have taken that bet um, if I were some teams. I don't know if Florida is no, one of those teams or Philadelphia that, or Colorado is one Simmons of those teams. Simmons made sense uh, for New Jersey because of what he is and what he can be. I, I, I'm okay with that. And I don't think I don't think he would take a one-year deal for teams that far away from Philadelphia, to be honest with you. Maybe I think because he can, um, you know, maybe it's a little more homey to kind of just be in that. Yeah, Tri-state area. Said, the Avs they signed Belmar, which was interesting for 1.8 over two years. He's fine. That's that's a type of um, forward. You know, I think that that's kind of their bargain Soderberg replacement. He plays in a very similar style to Soderberg, um, and like Soderberg, he can you know disappear from the offense for a while, or you know not be an offensive contributor. 
Yeah, um, they also, of course, they added in uh, Don Scoy, which, as I said, I, I would have wanted the Panthers yeah, to do that if it not for I would assume things happened in the past to make it right. the Panthers couldn't sign him because uh, that's a great contract. I love what the Colorado Panthers. has the most cap space right now. Yes, they do. But, that, I mean, all that's going basically into Rams. Avid had one of the best drafts, had one of the best free agency periods already, and have had two of the most exciting and had two of the most exciting playoff runs uh, or you know late season runs the last two years and they still could trade tyson barry right and you know that's is that an issue for me signing signing a guy like strawman instead of going out and getting a guy like tyson barry who's going to have the same cap hit and yeah he's going to back up to a ufa but again that gives you more flexibility and i thought a lot of you know Florida, besides for Panarin and Borowski, obviously, which they, the ownership, the the front office said, we're willing to budge on our cap, cap structure for those two. So you just got to accept it and just kind of deal with it. But outside those guys, you know, Barry's, Barry helps with that flexibility, the ability to keep your own prospects, to bring in new guys when you need to, to be a player in free agency or in the trade market whenever you need to at a internal cap type of I gotta think that the Leafs are gonna be interested in Tyson Barry. I gotta think that the Leafs would be interested in that. Right. I mean that would make that would suck for me. Because I I really like Tyson Barry. I think for all of the quote unquote offensive only defensemen, he's the best um in his own zone without the puck. I you know, I think he would have been a great get and somebody that I would have been willing to, you know, sign for a decent contract after and maybe you know maybe we could keep him off the market and keep that number low if he has a good year and likes the team or whatever Uh, and you know maybe it's still possible maybe they maybe they do see whether Ekblad or Rieger you know on the left side and you know but they we do have have a a four yeah we have a four four to two righty split right now uh and so adding another righty just doesn't seem possible yeah it doesn't seem like it would make sense uh in terms of other things i mean the predators signed matthew shane duh of course they did that's not a surprise Um, right and that's that's a guy who took a discount because like he said he has a kid now and it was all about what city can i see raising my kid in and when you think country music more than a little bit I was just going to say, if you think Matt Duchesne, you think of country music, and if you think of like his family and how he'd want to raise a family, you think Nashville out of all the hockey teams. Oh, Well, whether it makes the Predators actually better, I have no idea. I mean, I think it's a better shot in the dark than Ryan Yo- than Kyle Torres for sure, and possibly even Ryan Johansson, but I think between Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne, you're at least able to better support yourself into the playoffs, which their goaltending and defense is usually good enough to get to. Yeah, they, they, so, they can do well with, with Johansson, Duchesne, and, then, and Randlett as your three centers. I think they'd be okay with that. Yeah, I think, you know, that's probably... It has to be the best centers they've ever had. Probably. Well, and I think, you know, for the, same, for the same reason that Panthers are, saying, are going to be saying and you know, leaning on this is the best offseason we've had, this is the best gold, you know, this is the most money we've spent, blah, blah, blah. Nashville is going to be leaning that same way, saying, you know, say whatever you want about Matt Duchesne and what we, you know, what we had to give up just to get the room to sign him, let alone the contract uh, and his ability to live up to it. But 
this is the best center group we ever had. And the one knock we've always had is we can't have centers. Yeah. Can't hey, get center. You can't get the, centers. And, yep. Uh, the other big trade from the weekend, Phil Kessel. Arizona. That, I mean, that used to be a joke um, when he was kind of on the trade market with the Leafs that, oh, yeah, Phil Kessel's going to end up in Arizona. What a perfect fit for that type of player. Ha, 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 with that, you know, Toronto Maple Leaf medium. Here it is. It's real. It's a real trade. I actually think it's going to work for the Coyotes because they need somebody who, you know, could put the puck in the net without any effort because they do a lot of other things well. And obviously, if anybody could get the best out of him, it'll be Rick Tockett. To be honest, I mean, I didn't think they gave up all that much. Like, Galchenyuk didn't play well. He was injured last year. Boy, his star has fallen. I want to get but, to something about that, that 2012 draft in a second. Isn't that what Pittsburgh usually goes for, those fallen stars? Bugstad, McCann, Galnachuk. They kind of live on that, let's get former first-rounders. And see if it works. I mean, well, they Especially with Fords. Especially with Fords. In which case, you get a six-year contract. <laughs> I'm never going to stop laughing again because that's hilarious. Or if you're trading for Erica Branson, another former first-round pick. Hey, Pittsburgh, I mean, at least I'll say this. Good Branson played well as a penguin so far because it was so bad with jack johnson I yeah i mean yes but you know I, I anyway by the way here's the best thing about the coyotes i love what arizona's done the coyotes have 70 nearly 80 million in cap hit right they're bumping right up against the cap but their salary expenditure is 68 million dollars beautiful and amazing gm the by castle the Kessel trade is a huge win, not only for Cheka, who um, I think I want does have some more than the Arizona Coyotes to be in the playoffs next year in the West. Right. But you know, this is a new ownership group, and after yes. the whole mess with Barraway, who you know was going to get the team, then wasn't going to get the team, then was going to get the team, then wasn't going to get the team, then finally got the team, and then didn't spend money, and then didn't win, and then sold the team pretty quickly. You know, they needed a win. And to get a guy like Phil Kessel to waive a no-trade clause to say, I only want to come to Arizona, big. That's yeah, big. I really, really like that trade for Arizona. For the Penguins, it really does feel like they're teetering on the edge. Because last year we said, oh, it's going to be the Wild. The Wild <laughs> are going to be the team that's going to fall off. And then they did. Uh, we didn't expect necessarily with Anaheim, but they're going to fall off. And then they did. Now, like, what's the next team that's, like, been good but could fall off? I think it's the Penguins. I, I'm nervous about them. I mean, obviously Columbus because the players they lost. But I'm Can not... you fall off with Crosby and Malkin? Um, without them, without like, one of them, if they're both healthy, can they fall off? They can. Let's put and it that I'm talking about, like, I don't think they can win a playoff round the way they are right now. Like, okay. The way they are okay. I'm not necessarily so that's, saying. So you're saying relatively Relatively falling. speaking, because Minnesota fell off and missed the playoffs. I'm, I'm, we're, we're reaching the point, like, like, are the Penguins just in it because they want to be in it? You know what I mean? It's, it's really the defense. I mean, the goaltending, I think, is fine. You still you have Matt Murray on a one-year contract, 3.75. Yeah, he's arbitration eligible next year. But I think that there's enough evidence to show his regular season play, not his playoff play, but his regular season play is pretty spotty, so maybe you're thinking you give up, we have a decent you, you shot in arbitration. $3.5 million over six years to Brandon Tanev, who you already gave to Brian Rust. Why? Yeah. What's but, the but point you do, of that? But in, but in net, you have Jari also. You have Casey Dismiss, not too bad. Um, I mean, you know, they have decent... Thing. 
Here's the other thing. Their offense, I, I think their offense is fine. Like, I mean, they can't, they can't stop. They couldn't stop. I mean, that D can't stop a beach ball. And they're that's the problem. Just that's the D. That's the D. What do what do you do with the D? I mean, I don't think losing Justin Schultz is a huge well, issue, for especially. The it is. Well, not. I mean, it is if they only replace him with the D that the Penguins have been using. But they don't have a I mean, system, though. That's the other problem. Yeah, where are they going to get D, and how are they going to get D? And you know, the D that they have been getting on the Rutherford have been progressively and progressively worse yeah. so i'm not sure they're gonna miss the playoffs have, but like and right now in the metro the only team that i could definitively say that's better as a regular season team than them is washington other than the that i can't third say best defenseman for the penguins is ricola or marcus petterson i would say marcus petterson is the second best defenseman for the penguins that's how bad it is behind Latang, it's, it's, yeah. like yeah, that, it's Latang, petterson ricola you know, maybe Dumoulin. I mean, I, I'm not a big Dumoulin guy, but there's a lot of Dumoulin bad. things. It's bad there. Like, as I'm saying, like, because the Flyers didn't do a ton to make me go, oh, yeah, they're they're better than Pittsburgh. I mean, from Hey, Florida Panthers signed Tommy Cross. Oh, that's another former Boston guy. That's a former Boston, well, they, former Boston guy, but a Westminster prep school martlet. And, uh, you know, NHL. this podcast, this Y Hockey has always been a, a Westminster prep uh, support so does, podcast. You, so you know that means we're getting him on the show soon, right? We might be able to. We might be able also to. Also, apparently signed. Uh, the, we uh, do the have defenseman. somewhat connections. We do have Matt O'Brien. I've seen that they have signed a defenseman to an AHL contract. They have signed Ethan Prow, who was yeah. uh, at 50 points last year for Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, they're not. No, they're, they're not, not actually two-way contracts, but I mean, like yeah, they they're just two-way contracts to, they, they to help to AHL up bodies, and those are guys who are going to be fine. They're he Prow is essentially replacing McDonald and Melchiori, and it's fine as long as they're not playing whoever the hell they played on D. Uh, that's that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know, I know. We'll but see. It, we'll it, see how they're used and everything, but yes. yeah. It's, it's just funny. It, that, friend of the show, they, Tommy Cross. Let's call yeah, friend of the I mean, show. there you go. So there, those are your two. Those are all, all again, basic bargain basement entry level. Uh, other deals, I think, um, that were interesting. I mean, what, what do you want to say about the Flyers? Because they basically just I they did what they needed to do, which was just sign a bunch of AHL guys. Because they other than left. once they did Hayes, they were done. Once they got their D that in the the two right-handed D in the trade, they were done. There was nothing really more for them to do. They had their goalies. Yeah, now, they probably. What are they going to be? They probably need a top nine winger. But you're thinking, you know, maybe that's Lindblom taking a step. That's, you know, Vorbiev. That's somebody taking a step. He's very supportive of the LGBTQ community and publicly doing that in hockey is uh, not something that people do. So good for him. Well, I'll say this: the Lehigh Phantom. Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, basically needed to rebuild their AHL team with, and they always like to get a lot of good character, uh, actually good AHL performers. So you know, I think you know that's what they did. You know, this this is a franchise that you know made Danny Savard a pretty productive AHL and pretty you know for the AHL pretty well paid defender. And it's a good it's a good city and town to play with the AHL, so they always get the they always get these good. Um, they have a pretty, pretty nice rink and uh, pretty good fan base. Allentown. Yeah, I mean, you can live, 
not too far from Allentown and have a, a pretty nice house and yes, and you can. and and you can and, go to Dorney Park. Yes, you're not too far from Dorney Park. I learned that when I was trying to get on 78 to get up to New Hampshire after uh, the Fish concert this past weekend, and oh, I had to go God. to Dorney Park on a detour. A Dorney Park's wonderful. Very good uh, water park at Dorney Park. I'm a big fan of it over there. Like that. Like the stuff there. I've been there quite a bit. Uh, in terms of other things that I'm just looking at, I can't. Robin I mean, Laner, five. It's yeah, five. One, five for, for, for Chicago. Like, well, Would you rather that than Bobrovsky, yes or no? Uh, you see, the thing with Robin Laner that I'm worried about is he has to be in the right kind of environment to succeed, given the support that he needs. And I always wonder whether the Panthers could actually do that. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, it's more risky, and and at the end of the day, Florida couldn't take any more no, chance. Well, uh, I mean, if the Panthers had the people who could support him and give him all that they need, you know, like that that would have been fine. But I mean, they've got eleven million in goaltending next year, by the way, with with Crawford and like, are they a playoff team? Well, plus plus Luongo's. And there's they have, they're paying for two goalies to not play for them, plus the two goalies that they're paying a lot. Well, yeah, Bobrovsky a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, so okay. it's are, are the Blackhawks even a team that could like like what what are they like? Are they a good team? I don't know. I think that they will be a kind of like the same as the Devils, the same as like the Blue Jackets. Just you know, they might be on the bubble. They might be just outside the bubble. Yeah, but they're not. They're not going to be, you know, I don't think they're going to be drafting, unless they win the lottery, I don't think they'll be drafting top five. No, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, th- that's an interesting one. Two years for Mrazek with Carolina. I mean, they also, I mean, Mrazek and Reimer is an interesting goaltending duo for them. I mean, they added Eric Halla. Obviously, you know, they won a quarter of the market on Finns, as we said. They are going to sign Sebastian Ajo to that, matching that offer sheet. We know that's going to happen. Um, I just... Like, I wonder how much last year for them was just a thing that worked really, really well, and it might not work again. I just don't know about that for Carolina. I don't. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a fascinating one. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I saw that I, 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 I don't think there was anything. I mean. I, I want to say the David Schlemko buyout in Philadelphia. Yeah. I know, I know that's not a big thing, but I was kind of worried, wondering why Philadelphia bought him out. Uh, it seems like an unnecessary buyout when they could have buried him and just or just used him. But um, it appears Fletcher said that it was kind of a human element. It, you know, they they wanted him to have a chance in a place where he could play top minutes in the AHL, and this is the best way to do it. So That's that that kind of makes sense. That's good for him, Schlem Code. If you listen to yeah. the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, he's a popular player to bring up every once in a while. So yeah, I figured uh, we're yes. talking about. By the way, you know what I've just seen happen on Twitter? Bobby Margarita's returned. He's done. He's oh, he home. might be. He might be done, but he looks like he's close to done. Bobby Margarita is back on the air, or on Twitter at least. Um, yeah, there's no big free agents really left except Gar- Jake Gardner. Yeah, and, Gardner. Uh, did. Well, there's Jake, been well RFAs. RFAs. Yeah. Good. That's going to go on for a while, and Bob. So Bob McKenzie's going to be the guard. It'll be well. Gardner long. is a UFA that you know let's not put Florida out on that's, you know, if we're talking about a top four left-handed defenseman, he might not fit the style or, he's, you know, he's not signing. They don't have the cap room to do it. Right. Well, they, they don't, you they never know. Make... We, he hasn't been signed yet. And there's been nothing, no rumors, nothing around him. I don't him. even know where he could go. 
Exactly. So maybe he's not getting any bites. Maybe he he would take a you know maybe he would take a say a five million deal for two years or something like that. That, that Florida would the only would say. Sign him. That's the only right, way I'd but, even consider it. Um, uh, another one, Zadorov, is an RFA. That's obviously not somebody that you would get with how much cap space we just said Colorado has. You can't you know offer sheet him. That's not going to work. Uh, and especially at that cap level that you would want him at. There's no point in offer sheeting on that. But I think that's somebody with how many defensemen Colorado has uh, mm-hmm. and how many they have on the left. I think that's somebody that Colorado might want to get some value back on and kind of sign a one-year deal and, and kind of just keep keep yo-yoing up and down the lineup and, and dealing with them. He had a great year, and this is definitely a good year to sell high if you're Colorado and, and you don't know if he's going to continue it. I definitely think he's a little bit of a risky buy, but I think he fits the cap space less left Florida has and the need. And, you know, he could play with Ekblad. He could play up there. Um, I think he has the endurance and, and the defensive skill, especially breaking up plays at the blue line uh, to do it and in front of the net. There's that. I mean, that's that's a pretty much it. Like, Anders Lee re-signed with the Islanders because the Islanders lost out on absolutely everybody else. Well, yeah, that's pretty much it. But there's that's obviously not it for Florida because, you know, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, they only have 29 contracts and there's 50 contract spots. Last year, yeah, they were they left, what, 10, well, nine three, contracts. Don't forget about your boy Tommy Cross and Ethan Prowl. They just signed. <sighs> Yes, that's right. Those are contracts. I, so there are 41. There are 31. So those are two, there are 31. You have to get Malden. You have to get Uyghur, Makashin, Montembeau. So that would but there's, be... There should be, you know, three or four more guys coming into into the team, into the fold that we haven't seen yet. Whether they're, you know, Tommy Cross, um, Ethan Prowl levels, or, you know, they might be Noel Chari or, you know... As I Somebody. Said, the other RFAs are are Dryden Hunt, Troy Brower, Greco, Toninato, who they got in the trade for McDonald, Howerluck, Mammon. They're going. They they tendered an offer to to keep his rights, but he's not going to sign. So yeah. if they if they sign everybody, including Sham Titch, they're going to be about 40, 41 contracts. They might add one or two more guys. I I don't know if they sign the guy they got back from Colorado for McDonald. I uh, think they do. I depends. It depends. I he's think a useful they, AHL body. He'd be fine. It, they they got a lot of centers, um, and so they got probably more centers than they need. So I don't think all of them are going to stay, and uh, I think they only have they only going to want to keep so many contracts. So mm-hmm. well, we'll, we'll 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 see how that goes on. But as I said, it's Bobrovsky, it's Strawman, it's Connolly, it's Achari. The first two, um, yeah. But as I said, like so that's 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 free agency. It's all done, and everyone goes to the cottage, or in Dale Town's case, goes to the golf course. Bob Strollman, Connolly Achari, not the worst, not the best. Where does it leave the Panthers? As I said, they are a playoff bubble team at this point. They are not a guaranteed playoff team, but right now I only think there are four legitimate guaranteed playoff teams in the East when you look at who they are. Top three in the Atlantic and then Washington, and then everybody else is scrambling. Can the Panthers get there? Lord willing, they do. Uh, obviously, as I said, having Bobrovsky makes this team better because he is Sergei Bobrovsky. Having yep. Joel Quenville makes them better because he is a real coach and not Bob Booger, who, by the way, is back in San Jose. I think we mentioned that, but I don't know if we, if we mentioned it. You know who else yeah. got hired as an assistant coach? Another great name. 
Davis Payne. You remember that? St. Louis Blues, Davis yeah, Payne? Davis yeah, Davis Payne. With the um, Senators. What a great coaching staff DJ Smith assembled with Jack Capuano and Davis Payne. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, got, it's just a it's right. just a left-handed defender. I mean, I think that's really the only thing left that you kind of have to expect. I would be pretty shocked if they didn't add a left-handed and defender. And a trade. And a, and a Pesic trade. Or, you know, a tr- yeah, a trade. I don't know if it'll be a – hopefully it's a Pesic trade because that means they added a defenseman. But, I think that you know. Pesic is going to get traded. I think they're going to find a D if it's a flyer on a guy who knows. We'll see what they end up doing. I think that's really about it. Uh, but as I said, it's Strawman, pretty good. Bob, we knew it was coming. Conley, I will defend. Tommy doesn't. And Achari, there's no really reason for it. But more. But but as I said, like they they got one or two. And while it never, while it certainly looked from the outside like maybe Panarin was going to come, when you look at at it hindsight, seems pretty obvious that he wasn't going to. So now you have. A Panthers team that has its goaltender. By the way, Frank Petrano now going to wear 77. He's the best 77 forward of Panthers history, and he hasn't even skated with that jersey on yet. I'm not sure. I really like Chris Grattan. Oh, God. Chris Grattan has tormented my whole childhood. So. How, how, um, how much money do you think Bob paid to Frank Petrano to get that to get 72? Uh, I don't know, but Frank Petrano had a few funny tweets about it. He so. did, but he didn't say he paid me one million dollars, so his you know, his contract is worth sixty nine million. <laughs> he should have said that. I think Jonathan Huberto is excited about playing with him because now he's not going to stop all the pucks that were thrown his way. If he's healthy, if he you know if he plays the way he's capable of. That's problem it. is, it's just goalies. I mean, who knows with goalies? And you just, but, as I you said, put, you just you put one-eighth of the cap into goalies. Yes. Well, at least they got out from Reimer, and they did it in a very creative way. And, it, and, it's, yeah. and, and again, I, you know, obviously, I wanted Bobrovsky signed. And like I said, $10 million at seven years was I'm fine with. I would have made, if I was a GM, I would have made the same contract offer myself and got the deal done. Because um, you need them. So I'm happy. Yeah, because you need them. There's no other options. You know, it. it's just, man, this really makes, this really, you know, Spencer Knight. It's just, yeah, there's just a lot of uncertainty and a lot of risk in the Panthers goaltending situation still. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes me squeamish. Um, but. There's a lot of risk in the bottom six, six production, which, you know. I think, you know, the big reason Florida missed the playoffs last year, you know, behind, right after behind, it couldn't get a no save. Stronger, couldn't well, get a well, save. No, no, well, I think they couldn't get a save, but I think part of the defensive structure issues was they only had five forwards that could carry play. Six forwards at best who could carry play. Well, you had Borgstrom, a real version of Borgstrom. You're hoping, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, as I said, like, that maybe Hempo Niemi if he makes the roster. Like, that's the other thing you hope for. And that's why I'm saying, like, maybe a Sevier trade happens later because, like, if Hempo Niemi does so well that you have to have him on the roster, something like that. Um, by the by the way, we I want to mention this right off the top of the show. We saw Josh Weisbach, he of Canucks Army, he of uh, Computer Boys. He's saying he's taking a new job in Colorado. His avatar is Colorado. Now, we don't know whether that means he's taking a job with the Avalanche or his day job is moving to Colorado. I really hope it's the latter. 
But if it's the former, hey, Panthers, there are plenty of good people out there you could hire to work on your drafts. Please do that. You yeah, apparently have enough but, money to go after Quenville and all these free agents, sign monies to buff up your, your, your analytics people. We will never stop saying you should do that. You should absolutely yeah. do that. I, but, we, you know, know he, fact, we know for a fact that Dale Talon has said, I don't mind analytics. I like them. Hire the people to help you out, please. That's easy to do. Oh, by the way, Brian McDonald, hired by, by ESPN. That's fantastic, by the way. Very good yeah. for him. It's a, it's a much better pace than uh, doing uh, ticket sales models, oh, which he was doing. basically what he did. Yeah, uh, which I'm sure he was really happy about. I'm when sure he... he loved doing that for the Panthers. Yeah. Um, but I do know that ESPN is good. And they also hired a really good uh, college football writer. It's like ESPN cares about hockey when they have the opportunity to own the national television rights, or at least a part of the national television They're rights. getting a part of them. I don't know how much yeah. they're going to get of them. But, but uh, it's hey, like they, they'll put money into hockey and focus on hockey. Well, they hired, they hired, they hired my friend Greg Wyshynski, you know, Maryland alum Greg right. Wyshynski. Exactly. And, and, and you Emily know, Kaplan. You can't forget it's Emily because, Kaplan. It's because the TV broadcast you know, contracts would come up. And they, I, I'm going to say this. ESPN's probably, I don't know how much of the contract they're going to get, but they're going to get some of it. And I would, I'm, you know, I know a lot of people throw the athletic up as like the standard. I would say ESPN isn't that far behind if, you know, based on the quality of writing and all that stuff, you know, I think the athletic just has a lot of hype. up Wish to get him on this show? No, no. And, and I'm not just talking about Wish. I'm talking, you know, Emily Chris Kaplan. Peters and, yeah, Emily Kaplan, of course. Of course. I thought that was, can't, can't, you know, Emily Kaplan's probably my favorite at ESPN. Well, um, I, I'm deferring to Wish because I've interviewed him multiple times and he's a Maryland alum. I have to, de- I have to defer to Terps. I have, I have uh, everything I can say. I got to defer to Terps. Yeah. I mean, Wish is... Nothing wrong with them. I, I, it's, it's, yeah, well, you know. So that's a very interesting time in our lives as we now look towards the long dead off season where we can talk about Aaron Wambasaka being sold to Manchester United. I can't. I mean, I'll, let's hope they use the money, but I don't think they will, which is the only painful part. Well, I mean, it could be worse. It could be. Actually, I don't know what could be worse right now in the Premier League. Well, Tottenham's about to sign. Whatever the Panthers did today doesn't matter because Tottenham's about to sign Tangi Ndombele, a fantastic midfielder from Lyon, who everybody agrees is awesome and now is going to be in a midfield, perhaps with Musa Sissoko, and I'm going to love every Saturday morning I watch a Tottenham game because the midfield's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for that. Oh, and, and I did get to, you know, we talk in the mix zone with the U.S. men's national team, which, you know, not as nearly good as our, the Queen of America, Megan Rapinoe, who is obviously the best American that has ever lived. There could be no disputing that. More so than Landon Donovan, but that's a podcast topic for well, another day. Well, that's a podcast topic for another day, but Megan Rapinoe is also, you know, has been more impactful on U.S. teams winning than, than Landon Donovan. I'm, I'm a, Landon, I love you, but Megan Rapinoe is just the best thing ever. How could, if there, if you do not love Megan Rapinoe. Better celebrations. Better oh. goal celebrations. Well, that, that, that leg fart celebration was terrible, but if that's the worst that she's done. I mean, by the way, sorry, England, you're about to get dunked on. Although what I am worried about, though, it's not Pride Month anymore. So is she still going to have her superpowers? No, no, I think little Nas just, uh, I know, like, Nas X just extended it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know what, bit. you might be right. You might, you might actually. I, I think we get through the 4th of July because you know little, that, you know his, like, song, especially the EP just came out, is definitely playing all through oh, 4th of July. I mean, well, well, 
cute. Taylor Swift did a song about basically stop being idiots towards the LGBT community. Then, then, then Lil Nas X comes out and it's like, hey, Taylor. <laughs> he would just hit you with a big, giant wrecking ball. That's spectacularly good, by the way. You want to know? You want to know what he tweeted earlier? I think it was like a day or two ago, or it might have been. It might have been like yesterday. Uh, I, I favored it. This tweet is spectacular. If I could find it, where is that tweet? I think I favorited it. Oh, was it the one saying that uh, you know some of y'all might not like follow me anymore? But yeah, I mean, pretty much, pretty much this way. Like all, all the whole thing. It it is, it is amazing. He's like, he's like literally tweeting like, Old Town Road is literally about horses. Yes. And then he's like, it is true that I am a guy. It's amazing. Well, I think his, I think his coming out tweet is basically like just a thing with a rainbow building. It's hilarious. I love that. Spectacular. So there you go, everybody. That's LGBTQ rights. Also, the NHL had Brock McGillis in a bunch of tweets, which was, which was very nice. But obviously, you know, uh, hey, NHL, you need to do a lot more than you're doing. But uh, at least you did that, so you get a pass. For today, my friends in the NHL, you get a pass. That's about all you get, but you get a pass. Yeah, unfortunately, under Bettman, that's usually, like, best you can well, hope I mean, for. It's, it's, well, again, it's like, well, we've cleared the bar at the Marianas Trench. If you don't know what that is, it's the deepest place underneath the ocean. It's like 30,000 feet below sea level. If you didn't know that, now you do. Um, it's like saying, you know, well, at least Brett Connolly is better than Riley Shannon. At least Achari is better than... Derek McKenzie. Derek McKenzie. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, that's... For some people, that's all they can really come up with. And, you know, yes, Florida got a goalie. Yes, Florida got a defenseman. But, you know, those goal, that goalie, that defenseman have to kind of go out in the ice and play. Well, you know what and you need? We still, you know, we still need have. a defenseman. We still need some other you stuff. Know, but you know, So you know who they have? Barkov, which is, yeah. you know, The best real, human oh. being that there has been other than Mega Rapino. By the way, no, this, is, this is just me saying something. Can we get her and Emily P and just go off? Uh, maybe. I mean, get YNGY to coach the team with Coach Q and yeah. see what happens. And then, and do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about LGBTQ rights? There you go. That's that's what we need. Yeah, um, we want to talk about just being right about a lot in Florida Panthers history. Oh, oh, we're always on the right side of history there. Well, and well, Angie is what I was well, really oh, course, speaking well, to. She's always on the right side of history when it comes to this hockey team. That's for sure. This is correct. Shout out. Shout out, Angie. Hope you're listening. Anyway, uh, maybe throughout the summer, if the Panthers do something ridiculous, you'll probably hear from us. You might hear interviews with people. We'll try to we'll try to work some things out. But, I'm uh, just happy to be talking about signing bottom six guys to term again I in know. July. You're just, oh, you're just man. so excited about that. My God. Feels like my birthday month. My birthday's in, well, it's, it's July. It is July, your birthday. Should I should I go see fish at Fenway this weekend? You are going to do that. You are going to do that. Yeah, probably. I've never been to Fenway before. I haven't been to Fenway either. But uh, once you leave Fenway, if I could get if I could get if I could see fish at Fenway and see the Phillies at Fenway, you know, it's a lot of PHs at Fenway. I think it'll be happy. Oh God, how uh, is, is we legal in Ma yeah we legal in Massachusetts? 
I mean, I'm gonna make it. Well, I mean, you're going for fish con <laughs> yeah, in no. Fenway. It's about to be legal. I mean, yeah. I mean, geez, it it is amazing. Anyway, why hockey? We will. We as I said, we're not gonna go completely away for two months. I'll try to have some interviews set up, and maybe we'll we'll think of some stuff for you. Uh, well, maybe. I mean. Florida's definitely going to be doing something in this, this is you know, the next over, couple days. Let's put it this way. If something crazy happens with the Mitch Marner offer sheet, we'll have to talk about it. Or a Rantanen offer sheet. Or a point offer sheet. Or a Brock Besser. Oh, he can't be offer sheeted. Damn. Or a Kyle Connor offer sheet. But I know that already is a sensitive subject for you. Would you be okay with the Panthers offer sheeting Kyle Connor, knowing that they'd be giving up assets to get somebody that they willingly passed over in a draft for free uh, like recently be, like three I, years ago that would be weird but remember who passed up on kyle connor tyson barry heading to the leafs boom like you said happened? chris johnson reporter chris just tweeted yeah oh wait 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 oh wow that tyson barry like curve four seconds ago Holy cow. Tyson Berry and Kerfoot for Kadri and Rosen and a third. Wow, that's a big deal. Colorado also retaining 50% of Berry's. But you, okay, so I hope you stayed around for that. <laughs> hope you stayed around for that trade. Well, you know, you know, the, 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 the abs wanted to get tougher. That's a, that's a big one. I don't, I don't like letting Barry go for getting into the division. Uh, I mean, well, well, here's can, the thing could Florida match that trade? Probably not with the center. You know, if they wanted, but I, you know, I can't believe Colorado let Kerfoot go. Kerfoot, you know, I guess yeah. that was uh, an RFA. Um, he was an RFA. That adds a little bit more depth. To they, um, where's the, where's the, where's the full tweet uh, with that trade? Uh. D. Rosen, NHL. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Retreated yep. by Friedman. Oh, retreated by Friedge. Okay. So this is uh, tap dancing at the end of the podcast. Yep. Avalanche acquires Kadri and Rosen, Callie Rosen, uh, Tyson Berry, Kerfoot, and a six-round pick. I, you know what? I like that trade for Toronto more than I like it for the Avs. The Avs, I guess, needed a guy like Nazem Kadri, but... Uh, I, I mean, Once again, teams line up to help Toronto out of, an, no, out of a I jam. No, it's annoying. For for but, a fraction of the price they could get. Yeah. If they if they made Toronto sweat a little more, if you made Toronto have to deal with stuff what, what, after what, July first, can we right? not make Mike Dixon sweat at the very least? It's just. I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with making sure that Mike is not sweating because I like him. Mike and Paige are good. Yeah, but well, and listen, I mean, this is a big, this is a good trade. Oh, it's a very good trade for Toronto. For Toronto. And, and so, by the way, you know, I like Callie Rosen. The, you know, all the things we said about the Leafs earlier in this show, some of that's still true. What is what does this do for for the Leafs Leafs D? What does this do for the Leafs D? It means it's not nearly as bad as it was. Can Can Florida pick off? I mean, any number of their minor league D, Andreas Borgman, maybe. I mean, they did just sign a Finn, a, a, a Swede, so I guess they could get. Well, they're not getting Sandine, so let's not even bother with that. Borgman's the only guy. Maybe you just you, you trade one of your you trade a, a six round. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got yeah. Morgan, Muzzin, Dermot, and Cece. 
They signed. They signed. Gra- they have Gravel, Marison, Harper, Hall, who are probably like hit They're or all miss. They're going to be AHL bodies. Right, but They're then. But, but I mean, remember, Dermot's going to miss the start of the season. If you're top, that's Riley, Muzzin, and and Barry, and then they got Mac Holloway. Mac they Hall- got Hollowell. Yeah, Hollowell. They got Je- Jesper Lindgren, Borgman, Sandin, Lildren, uh, who are all kind of at that same level, and they need more NHL-ready D. This could maybe be a Piscuit for Boardman type may, move. Be, let's do it. Or, or you I, know, Pissick, Pissick and, I mean, I don't know how good the prospect would have to be, but Pissick and a prospect or Pissick and a pick for Liljegren, because I know, you know, Ooh. Toronto has decided, you know, Toronto, or like, you know, even a Hollowell or, or something I like that. Maybe, or, I think you can maybe do something like that. Uh, speaking, speak of the but, devil, speak of the devil. But they is- have... They have two right-hand defenders. They have Cody Ceci and Justin Hall. I feel like they would take Mark Pissick I think for the would. one year. Yes. Hey, I, I saw you know? some Leafs fans saying they wanted Mark Pissick. I've seen Leafs fans say they want that. I mean, well, I mean, I guess they have two right-handed defensemen now with Barry, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... You know, I, I think... Mm-hmm. I mean, I I really like Tyson Berry as a player. So the, as a as a Colorado fan, that's saying as somebody who's a fan of a team that has to be in the same division as the Leaf. I like that, that trade stinks. a lot more for the Leafs than I do for Colorado. I like that trade a lot more, and especially because Barry's fifty percent retained. Because I mean, like you look at now that cap hit with Barry, um, they're still in pretty good shape cap wise. Um, I mean, Kerfoot. They must. They must team. really like Tyson Jost, because I thought Kerfoot is. I mean, I would have rather kept Kerfoot than Jost. Um, I and I know, I know, if you're looking at the age and and all of that, and, and how much you invested in to getting a player, Kerfoot was somebody you got for free as an undrafted, you know, or a, you know, a college free agent. Uh, Tyson Jost was a first rounder, so maybe you don't want to give up on him so easily. But you know, Kerfoot. I mean, it's Barry, like Barry, obviously, was somebody that was probably going to go. He was in rumors for three years now, right? Yeah. Uh, they finally have the defensive group to make him expendable, and they need – and they're challenging to, to compete. They they want to get better, so they, you know, they yeah, haven't – I mean, if you add traded. Rosen to McCarr and Gerard and Zadorov, you're, you're all right there on the back end for the ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Sackick's definitely going pretty specialty. He, he's definitely looking at the game Rosen plays, and – if I had to compare well, it to I mean, anybody, you know, it's yeah, he's a younger he's that. a yell, younger Strawman, and Strawman came out of the Toronto pipeline as well. So, um, well, you it look at, you look at you look now. I mean, now that they've basically they added they added uh, El, Belmar and Kadri, they are going to be much more of an annoying team than they once were. That that's definitely true now. Kadri's a big get, and that's a big improvement over Soderberg. Oh, uh, yeah, they had no, they had nothing outside of their uh, their top six. They've got a little bit more now, but that's a. I like that trade for the Abs. I love it for the Leafs. You know, it is amazing to see Kyle Dubas do all of that and have to not give up anything basically other than a first round pick, to get rid of Marlowe, to Brown and Zaitsev and 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 Kadri. Like, and and they still have enough room to do a, a semi decent Mitch Marner contract. 
Now, I mean, they still have some guys on RFAs that they're going to have to sign. You know, like, like, see, like, I mean, they're going to have to, I mean, just basically looking at the cap-friendly page. But the biggest problem that I'm going to see from them right now is, like, what is their backup goaltending situation? Like, is, are they going to run Freddie Anderson to the ground again? But now that they add Kerfoot, that's that's good bottom six depth. Now losing Kadri, I who's their who's their third line center now? Kerfoot. Is it going to be him? I mean, no, but they'll they'll, they'll probably find someone else. I, I but, think you know that that's the that's probably the backup. I mean, they have Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Shore. I yeah, but do you want Nick Shore being your third line center? Who else do they have? Frederick Adams, Gagne? Adams Brook, or Adam Adam Brooks. I don't, I don't think name? that's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, I. Uh, I think it's gonna. Well, I mean, as I said, I like I like that trade for Colorado. I love that. I trade heard trade. I heard that the Leafs were also looking at Noah Chari or whatever for for whatever that that, that counts to you I mean, to wrap up well, the I mean, podcast. The Leafs were looking at the same things that we did. This is still being recorded, by the way, but it's just fine. Uh, anyway, yeah. we just we I'm glad we waited because now we got to talk about that trade, which is very interesting. And uh, by the way, I I want to say I want to say because I love I love Steve Dangle and uh, I, I went to a sports casting seminar in, this weekend and the only thing I was thinking about was oh by the way weird career paths. I here's Steve Dangle. I just read his book and obviously I like his work and I'm, no, I'm sure he's he's really enjoying himself now because he just tweeted I friggin just took off my pants. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm more inclined to think of that, but Steve, it's okay. It's Twitter. Calm down. By the way, uh, Varlamov is four years, five million. For Varlamov, according to Friedman. I would have taken the chance on Laner. Yeah, I would have had Laner over over Varlamov at that. I would think. I mean, if take the risk on the goalie, you know, versus the goalie, you don't know. The devil you do versus the devil. The Islanders, too. Last year, they made the playoffs, and they have literally changed nothing on their roster except the goalie. You're not a little bit worried about that for the Islanders? I mean, I'm worried about a lot for the Islanders. I'm worried that they literally have, like, one and a half players. Matt Barzell? Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. The Islanders have done pretty good, and, and they might, you know, if I'm being honest, they might be where we procure left defenseman. You know, I think oh, Nick Lead, but he's probably available. And... Devin Taves. Devon Taves. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah Devon Taves is the Davis. answer to your question, sir. Or we could get the other Sebastian well, Ajo. Devon Taves. He had a really good year ah. last year. A lot of Islanders fans liked him. I mean, I, I'm willing to try whatever at left-handed defenseman as long as you think there's a possibility that he could be a second-pairing left-handed defenseman. Because even if you're banking on Yandel and Matheson improving and being able to be top-four defensemen, you kind of have to be prepared for one of them not to be. Because you're asking your – you know, if you bring in some, some – you're asking right now all of your left-handed defensemen to have considerable better years um, than they've had defensively in their career. Uh, and that's a big ask to, for three, four left-handed defensemen in your lineup to, to do. One more question about the, this before we legitimately end the show. While we were, we, were, we, were, we were tap dancing and then the Leafs made a trade and then things happened. 
Um, so where does this leave now that the Atlantic? I think we should end on this. Where does this leave the Atlantic? How do you how do you think it sizes up? If assuming uh, nothing else crazy happens, like where do you think we stand in the Atlantic Division as we speak? I still think we're in the same order: Tampa, Toronto, maybe Tampa, Toronto, Boston, then Florida. I see it as Boston, Tampa, Toronto, uh, and then Florida. I'll say I'll say Boston because I think out between Tampa and Toronto they can they can get the most results through the playoffs um than the other two franchises have historically this is true. um and you know what with with the whole range of talents they've been able to find diamonds in the rough midseason they've and make use they've been able to go with low talent teams deep in the playoffs they've done it all um and i think so that and you know the recent bias you know they they were just in the stanley cup final um they're not really losing any big pieces no. yes chara is going to be older but you know i do like carlo i do like grizzlick and i do like you know mac Panthers needed a defenseman like grizzlick carlo Grizzlick and carlo yeah they yeah. don't have one of those yet if they had one of those Maybe they draft one next year. Then that's a that's a, a big thing for the for the Panthers. If they could get a defenseman like that, you know, that would be big. The reason why I was never like, oh, the Panthers should go on Tyson Berry is because it's like he's still, while he's good, he's still too like Matheson, Ekblad, and Yandel. And at least Strom was not like that. Anyway, I think that's the real end of the Why Hockey podcast, at least for now. But join us when Steve Dangle... It's over two hours. About, oh, yeah. Uh, it, well, almost two hours. Uh, join us when Steve Dangle talks about uh, the Tyson Berry trade. Oh, God.